And if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Isaiah? <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 9. We're just going to read the first two verses. And then we're, we're going to go into uh, Matthew chapter 4. Reading from verse 12 to 17. But we'll read Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict, afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And turn over into Matthew 4, please. We'll commence our reading from verse 12 to 17. Now when Jesus heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, Isaiah gave this prophecy 700 years before Christ came into the world. And Isaiah speaks of a, of a coming deliverer. A coming deliverer who, who would one day lead God's people, would one day lead God's people to joy and peace and righteousness and justice. But for 700 years, there was a darkness, friends. <clears throat> there was a darkness over the land, a spiritual darkness. Yes, there were, there were flashes of light here and there. But all overall, a darkness, a darkness and a gloominess and a heaviness had settled over the land. And friends, remember, we're, we're talking spiritually here, spiritually here. There was not much evidence of the Spirit of God moving in the hearts of men. They, it says that they were sitting in darkness. They were ignorant to the things of God. They had no time for God. They had no thought of God. They loved to just sit in darkness. And loved to sit in their sin. John 3 and 19 says. And this is the condemnation. The light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Friends, a spiritual darkness, a spiritual darkness had settled over the land right from Isaiah's day, right up until the day of Christ. The hearts of men had become very dark. They had become very bitter. They had become very twisted and very angry. There was little or no desire for the things of God. 
And you know, friends, it's a bit like our day today, is it not? Men love darkness rather than light today in our day. They love their sin. And they don't care who it hurts or who it offends. They don't care about God and they don't care about the things of God. Morals and respect has went out the window. The attitude is, if it, if it feels good, then do it. No matter who you hurt or no matter who you offend. Friends, would you agree with me tonight that God is not in the thinking of many men today? God is not in their thoughts. They, they love their sin. And they sit in darkness. Blinded. Blinded by the God of this world, the devil. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Friends, we live in a very, very, very dark world today. Today, many people around us are sitting in great darkness. Some souls are in greater darkness than others. Hearts, hearts are hard, hearts are bitter, hearts are angry towards God. A darkness, friends, a darkness has settled over the land. Would you not agree with me tonight? A darkness has settled over our land, just like it was in Jesus' day, just like it was in Isaiah's day. A darkness, a gross darkness. A thick darkness, a gloomy darkness has settled over the land. But you know, friends, hear me tonight. All hope, all hope is not lost. Do you get that tonight? All hope is not lost. For you see, the people that sat in darkness they saw a great light. They saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. It says light is sprung up. Or could I put it another way? Revival had come. Revival had come. And that revival came in the form of our Lord, Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist says, For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. Isaiah 10 and 17 says, And this is speaking of Christ, And the light of Israel shall be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame, and it shall burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. Luke 2 and 32, it says that Christ was a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Jesus said in John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He said again in John 9 and 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And finally he said in John 12 and 46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. Friends, the people that sat in darkness, they saw a great light. They saw a great light. And when the light shone, their lives were never going to be the same again. Their lives were never going to be the same again. Again, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, these lands and many beyond. 
Friends, hear me, many beyond were changed forever because of great light. Because a great light had shined upon them. Revival, friends, revival broke out amongst them. You know, folks, as I've already said, these people were living in gross darkness. And not only that, they loved to live in darkness. They would rather live in darkness than in the light. But all that changed when the light of the world shone his glorious light upon them. You know, Matthew Henry says, and he's speaking about this verse in Matthew 4 and 16, but Matthew Henry says this, the privilege they enjoyed when Christ and his gospel came among them, it was as a great reviving as ever a light was to a benighted traveler. And that just means to a traveler who's walking in darkness. A great reviving, friends. Friends, when the light shone, then revival broke out. When the light shone, then revival broke out. You all know what happens in the scriptures. The gospel was preached. Lies were turned upside down. The blind were made to see. The deaf could hear. The dumb could speak. The lame could walk. The dead were raised to life. The oppressed and the depressed were set free. Demons were banished. A joy filled the hearts of many. And lies were never ever going to be the same again. Revival had come. Friends, revival had come all because the glorious light of the gospel shone. It shone. It shone upon them. Those that sat in darkness, friends, they saw a great light. And you know, friends, you and I, you and I are called to be lights in this world. That's not my words, but that's the words of the Bible. That's the written word of Scripture. You and I are called to be lights in this world. The Bible says that we have to let our light shine before all men. Isaiah said in 42 and 6, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light, for a light of the Gentiles. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 and 15, Ye are, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Paul speaking in Acts 13 and 47, he said this, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light. I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the end of the world. And you know, Jesus said to Paul in Acts 26 and 18, this was Paul's divine commission. And friends, it's our divine commission as well. But Jesus said this, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Friends, I ask you tonight a very simple question. A very simple question. I ask you, is your light shining? Is your light shining before all men? Is that light of the gospel that's in your heart, is it shining, friends? Is it shining before all men? Or does it need to be revived? Does it need to be revived? Do you know what revived means? 
It means to revitalize. It means to energize. It means to fortify. It means to strengthen. It means to rejuvenate. It means to enliven. To bring back from the dead unto life. You know, the classic example is this. It's like a car battery, which has lost its charge. You go out and you, you try to start that engine, and then you turn it over a couple of... Turns over a few times, then what? It's dead. The battery's dead. There's no life in the engine. It needs revived. So you have to go and get the charger and put it on the charger. And when you give it a charge, a full charge, then bang, that engine starts. There's life in it. It revives. There's life in it. It comes to life. Friends, maybe, I don't know, but maybe you just need a fresh charge. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ tonight, but maybe you just need a fresh charge. Maybe you just need a, a, a fresh touch in your spirit. Maybe you just need a fresh glimpse of Calvary once again. I don't know, but maybe, maybe, friend, you've got tired and well-doing. You've got tired and well-doing. You, you become very weary in the things of God. You've prayed, you've fasted, you've read the word. You've, you've sought God. For, for a, a circumstance. I don't know what. But there's nothing. You hear nothing. But still nothing changes. And as time goes by. Your faith starts to weaken. Your spirit starts to fade. And any hope that you once had. Starts to melt away. Just like the snow. On the side of a ditch on a sunny day. You start to fade. You start to die. Just like that. That engine, that car battery. You know, in Genesis 45, the story of Joseph, you all know it. It says that when his brothers had told Jacob, their father, all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, it says that the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Do you hear that tonight? That the spirit of Jacob, their father, it revived. And you know what that word revived means in the context of this story in Genesis 45? It means to live afresh. It means the blowing and stirring up of almost extinguished embers that had been buried under the ashes. Jacob thought all hope of seeing his son again was lost. It was lost. He had all but given up hope. His heart was broken and weighed down with, with the pain of it all. His spirit was almost extinguished. But when he heard the words of Joseph and saw the wagons, it says, friends, that his spirit revived. His spirit revived. His spirit was lifted. His spirit, his life came back again. Friend, I don't know, but maybe... Maybe you just need to keep your eyes on Christ. Maybe you just need to read his word and ask him to revive you. Ask him to stir you. Ask him to stir up the smoldering embers that lies dormant in your heart. You know, friend, you can be in revival even though the church is dead. Did you know that? You can be in revival even though everyone around you is dead. You know, the great apostle Paul is, is a classic example of it. Brother Clendenin, a man who we, who we all, most of us knew and loved, he was living proof of it. 
The church might have been dead, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He lived and he breathed revival right up until his final days. But what was her secret? What was her secret? Well, friends, this might seem very simplistic, but that's just the way I like it. Because it has to be simple for me, for my wee mind. But I believe they just walk very close to Jesus. I believe they just walk very close to him. They kept short accounts with him. And they kept short accounts with men. They didn't complicate it. But they just walked close. Close to him. And they loved him. With all their hearts. With all their minds. And with all their souls. Friends, maybe the church. And I'm, and I'm talking in the broader sense tonight. But maybe the church. Needs a closer walk with him. Maybe we need a closer walk with him. You know, the church of Jesus Christ on a whole has taken the eyes of the Holy One. Many walk to their own ways and not to him and not to the way of him who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Many profess to be believers, but there's no denying of self. There's no taking up their cross and following hard after him. John 1 and 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto him, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. Friends, we all know these great truths. We all know them. Light will overcome darkness. But you know, my question is, if the light of the world lives in every believer in this hall tonight, then how much is shining? How much of that light is shining. As was said on Sunday, are there, are there things that need to be dealt with? Is there something blocking the light? Is there a shadow blocking that light in your life and your heart? You know, the Bible clearly exhorts us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So friends, I come to a close tonight. Let me finish with this. You all agree that we need a Holy Ghost, heaven sent, revival. We all, we're all in one agree tonight. We're all in unity tonight and not. Whether it be the fire that falls, the wind that blows, the glory that comes, the light that shines, all will change when God comes. Friends, that is Revival. That is revival. But are we willing? Are we willing to be that vessel that God can work and move through? Are we willing to let the light of this glorious gospel shine out brightly into that dark world? This little light of mine I'm 
going to let it shine. Them that sat in darkness saw a great light. I believe that speaks of revival.